0: You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Okay, I feel justified right now. <laughs> Because I have my podcast producer, Lindsay, as my guest today. And I was just saying, you probably hear me talk about the record button every single week, but I really can't find it. And she just told me, Lindsay.
1: It's not obvious. It's the same color as all the other little whatever buttons on the bottom. And it's just like a small circle. It needs to be more obvious. So I'm with you, Catherine.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I feel justified. And not just old and like, what's this technology thing?
1: <laughs> Wait, have you ever heard of Zoom? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Lindsay, it's really good to catch up with you.
1: It's great to, to catch up with you as well. It's great to be on this side of the conversation. I feel like I'm always in the background editing, listening to you and Christy talk and like thinking about what I would say if I were talking to you. Guys.
0: <laughs> Do you like talk out loud to us and be like, don't ask that question. Or like, <laughs> why didn't you ask that question?
1: I mean, I don't think I talk out loud, but you know, in my head. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Christy's on vacation.
1: What? So, uh,
0: and then we had, we were chatting back and forth and I was like, oh, I think we're just going to do a rebroadcast. And then there came up, some things came up that I was, that we were decided like, oh, it would actually be a great conversation with Lindsay because we have had you on the podcast before, mm-hmm. uh, yep. a couple of years ago, I think then you took a break from being our producer for a while. And then you came back, <laughs> um, not because you didn't like us, because you had some other job stuff going on. Yes. Um, but uh just a quick reminder for folks, like what you what you do in cycling. I don't I might actually haven't caught up with you. I don't know if you're still doing Xtera stuff or what's yeah, going on in Lindsay's life in cycling these days.
1: It's been a couple of years since I've been on the podcast and probably like a year and a half since we saw each other. Um, so I'm not raising Xtera. As of right now, I've kind of delved into the gravel and mountain bike uh space, um, kind of into that like endurance, uh, some stage racing, so multi-day events, I race unbound. Um, so yeah, more, more just straight up riding dirt, uh, less running and swimming, but still do a little bit of that for fun.
0: Do you still put your chews on your top tube? Yeah,
1: I do. No. <laughs> That was my
0: favorite thing. Lindsay finishes unbound. I'm at the finish line. And like her, so if you don't know triathletes, like a trick is you would lick like your chew, like a goo or something, put yeah. it on your top tube. So it's easy to grab. However,
1: you ride through cow patties. <laughs> and <gravel>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gravel, like um, certain gravel races. I, I may do that mountain biking for sure um just like if it's a technical course and it's like I don't know through this section if I'm gonna be able to like take my hand off the bars to get something to eat if it's right there in your top tube boom you just pop it in your yeah. mouth it actually makes more sense than
0: mountain biking right because you're not yeah. typically riding through like areas where animals are also pooping
1: yeah uh, or streams less, that animals less. yeah less <laughs> yeah better. and I
0: mean, there are, it's not the same as like the, unless it depends on the race, I guess, but you don't get the same amount of water strewn up on you often because you're not necessarily. Yeah. Pace lining it. With totally. the oh yeah.
1: Yeah. The pace, I think the pace line was the, the undoing of my, um, clip lock top tubes in that, in that, <laughs> like, so that was what 2022 when it rained, not as bad as last year, but um, it rained and it was just like the last, I don't know, probably 20 miles. I was in a pace line with some guys and just like, I came through the finish and my mouth was full of like grit from the road because you're just getting sprayed in the face. But if you're like, well, if I drop back, then I lose this group and whatever. So sometimes you just, you gotta get a mouthful of dirt. (laughs) (laughs) You just gotta let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it it was
0: interesting because it wasn't, It was that it had rained the day before, but it rained really hard that year. Like I was in, I can't remember what rest stop I was in, but I got soaked waiting for people, Mm -hmm. but it was just more that it rained just on course. So you didn't have that first mud section, but then the last bit turned into a mud section. And, um, anyway, yeah, last year was like the crazy, a crazy weather year, but it's it's, it's travel racing. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just relived it. We watched, um, call of a lifetime over the last week or so and yeah watching well actually like seeing all the footage of the carnage and like how how hard it was for the pros thinking about like oh man like thousands of people went through that so yeah kudos to you like, if you, you notice were how bad. clean
0: they were at the end of that one like nobody like because the year you raced it when the men came through nobody knew who won, no, because knew who won. <laughs> that's right and you couldn't tell which it was like three it was tall white guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Covered in dirt. Yeah. So, um, it was just a very different, a different kind of day, but uh, so, uh, so have you been doing more mountain biking or gravel riding than the last two years? You know,
1: it's been a pretty even mix of both. Um, I have yeah, I would say it's a pretty even mix of both. I've raced some mountain bike races, mostly mostly stage races. Um, Trans Rockies does a 60 mountain bike stage race, so I've done that a couple of times. I did the Trans Rockies Gravel Royale, which we'll chat about more. Um, and, yeah, just some other – like, I'm quite lucky. I live in, in kind of, like, southeastern British Columbia, Canada, and um, – we have a lot of local ish races you know like places races I can drive to that are mountain bike or gravel races so um I've kind of been staying a little closer to home and doing some some fun gravel and mountain bike races here
0: yeah you you do definitely have the hookup it's on my list to make it up there to ride one summer
1: yeah it's pretty awesome pretty awesome like bc you know with with the forestry industry here um for better or for worse there's a lot of uh, like forest service roads through like the entire province um so there's some pretty cool routes and races that you can do here yeah
0: well i do want to talk about uh, trans Rockies Gravel royale but i do but before we get there i want to talk a little bit about your other job because that's actually the last time i see you, you came to tacoma that's a- right. Course. Yeah. I was in a I was in a ski boot fitting course. Yeah. So, what do you do? It, what do you you left Feisty to go to this job? What do you do?
1: Yeah, I left Feisty um, to start a podorthic practice. So, I am a Canadian certified podorthist. I'm which, glad that
0: you have to spell that in the podcast notes. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
1: yeah. Um. So basically, my my area of study and expertise is the biomechanics of gait, uh, gait related disorders, and then orthotic custom orthotic fabrication, and also um shoe fitting and modifications to footwear. So really like, uh, as an example, if someone has plantar fasciitis, they'll come and see me for an appointment. I do an assessment and and the big part of my assessment is watching someone walk and identifying like, is there a pattern in your gait um, that leads to a strain on your tissues that is contributing to this injury. Um, So I'm I'm a gait person. Your gate person. Well, I wanted, and I was curious a little of how that
0: translated to cycling because we do, mm-hmm. we get a lot of people post, especially in the Facebook group, like mm-hmm. they have pain in their feet cycling or they get hot spots, or they just aren't comfortable after so long. And so I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on like, what are that is like shoe? What is that orthotic? What is that cleat position? Like, what can we do? What are some common things? And then maybe what can we do to help with those?
1: Totally. So I, I think it often, it depends if it's shoe, cleat position, uh, what's inside the shoe. Um, oftentimes, uh, with bike shoe specifically, um, and typically a performance shoe, right? Like you want to, your bike shoe, if you're, you know, wanting to perform and ride long, they're fairly tight. Um, and often that means that or narrow and that can compress nerves in the foot. And that leads to some of that like numbness tingling, um, through kind of the ball, of the foot and toes. Um, and actually what it, what it can do when you compress, is it like you have a, you have an arch across the front of your foot from the big toe to the pinky toe called your metatarsal arch. And when that arch is compressed and collapses, then it pinches on the nerves that run into the toes. And, and it leads to that like numbness or burning sensation, um, So oftentimes with with the cyclists, I see when that's their issue, um, what you want to do is add some support into the metatarsal area. So you can do that with just like putting a metatarsal pad in the bike shoe or getting either a custom orthotic or some off the shelf orthotics have have that metatarsal support in it. Um, A common mistake I see is that people put it too far forward if you're just popping it on yourself, um, you can buy like a metatarsal support from the drugstore, but you actually want it to be like behind where you feel that area of pain. So that's kind of the the shoe piece and the insole piece. Um, Cleat position also can affect where the force is going up through your foot. So if your cleat is a little too far forward, then it adds extra strain onto that, onto that sort of the ball of the foot, like metatarsal Mm -hmm. area. Um, so those are, those are the most common things that I see with cyclists. What about, not like, I think, you know, when you go get
0: running shoes, they're like, always make sure yeah, like the length and you're to be a little tighter. Um, what do you recommend? Like, how do you know what size to get? Cause they're usually in European sizes too.
1: Yeah. European sizes. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually really funny. So I have a Brannock device. Like I measure people's feet so I can tell them like, this is your size. And so many of my patients are like, wow, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. And it's like, how does a shoe store like even get started? Anyway, sizing wise. So my my what I tell my patients, if you're trying on shoes in the store, um, take the insole of the shoe out and stand on it. That's going to give you a really good visual representation of how the shape of that shoe matches the shape of your foot. And you want about half a thumbnail to a full thumbnail length at the end. So of the, at the end of your longest toe. So whether that's your first toe or your second toe, everybody's different. Um, so about half a thumbnail length at the end of your longest toe um, for lengthwise. And then widthwise, obviously, like if you if you stand on the insole and your foot is hanging off that both edges and you can't see the insole under your foot, um, that shoe's probably too narrow. If you stand on it and you can see too much of the insole um, on either side, then it's probably too wide. So finding that that right fit.
0: That's great. That's very good um, advice. And then, how much like do you think like there's the car like the different kinds of shoes make a difference? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. how much do those matter?
1: Um, that's a good question. I mean, the the kind of shoe matters less i think than the fit and the quality of the shoe and it it depends on what you're doing too um you know with the carbon plated shoe that was kind of like the cool thing the new technology um there is some evidence that like force transfer in that up the leg um over time isn't as good for you so if you're doing like all your running in a carbon plated shoe uh not so good for like musculature further up the leg um or the like really minimalist shoe movement which was kind of you know a few years ago pretty in um it doesn't work for everybody works for some people but if you think about like if you're used to wearing shoes all the time and then you decide you're going to get some barefoot shoes and go for a 10k run you're probably going to get injured (laughs) uh you need to like build up the strength in your feet um to to be able to like actually do activity in those shoes and, and not get hurt
0: yeah it is interesting because i i got some shoes sent to me by somebody that wanted a review from them and i'm like mm. oh, they're really they're really nice shoes um but so then i wore them and then i put my old shoes back on i was like oh i was wearing shoes that were too small and i think some of it is like maybe my mm. foot has grown like with Perry, like it's yeah that can happen that and like i didn't wear shoes a lot during the pandemic because i'm all Tennessee barefoot girl. um, And then like when I went to get measured last time at REI, actually, they did have the, the measure thing and he made me get in it. Good. And he was like, Oh, you know, your left foot is like a half size bigger than mm-hmm. your right foot.
1: And I was like, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Which is fairly common. Yeah. Like most people have a foot that's like a half size bigger, but when you're fitting shoes fit the bigger foot. Um, yeah. Which is, like, I, I kind of, like, Like in my head, I was like,
0: this kind of makes sense. But I always, like, it's easy to slip on and off the right foot, right? Because I'm dominant. Right. Yeah. Like, how many times have I tried on a shoe and I've just done one side? Because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. these fit." Because
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm.
0: too lazy to take off both my shoes.
1: Yes, try on both shoes. Walk around. Uh, make sure they're, like, comfortable in the store. And, I mean, there's different features in footwear that, like, if if you have – like an injury that you'd want to look for. So say like you have plantar fasciitis. You want a shoe that's going to be stable and supportive. Um not something like, you know, sketchers.
0: And cycling shoes too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So they are more some are more supportive than others. Like
1: so, uh, some are more supportive and some are stiffer. Um and the stiffness helps with power transfer right from your leg like, into the pedal. Um and it depends on what's inside the shoe too. Um with the like support, um, so if you're having like arch pain or knee pain, um, you can you can like affect that by adding extra arch support with either like a custom orthotic or something off the shelf, as well.
0: There's so much to talk about with feet and shoes. Yeah, there's
1: a lot.
0: Um, of- one last question: you may not, this might not be in your wheelhouse, but you know, shoot, cycling shoes can be very expensive. But mm-hmm. how, like, and you know, like running shoes are like, well you need to every so many miles or so many months because the the shoe breaks down. Yeah. Is that the same with cycling shoes or do they a little more durable like if you make that investment you're going to have them?
1: Yeah, I would say cycling shoes are more durable. Um the thing that breaks down in a running shoe is the midsole material. So it's that cushion material between the outsole and where your foot is inside and that breaks down and if you have any gait patterns that like your foot tips in or out, over time that gets exacerbated as the um, material compresses. In a bike shoe, you don't have that midsole material, right? It's uh, the plate in the bottom and then the upper uh, and the closure and all that. So bike shoes really like last much longer. Um, It's really about like, okay, is this sole still stiff enough that it's transferring power? And is it like, are there massive holes in it or my foot's going to come out?
0: Oh, okay. These are all very good things to know. So, if you have had questions about pain uh, in the Facebook group, this is going to be the episode you're going to love. But speaking of wearing your shoes for a long time, (laughs) like that transition.
1: Oh, good one. (laughs)
0: Uh, We wanted to chat a little bit about the Trans Rockies Gravel Royale because uh, Mm -hmm. I met with the race director a few weeks ago. Similar to when we had that conversation with Scotty, like they want, I mean, they're such advocates for, females um and their start lines and want to see more women show up so we we kind of hit that conversation with Scotty about like um you know how do you train how do you prepare for an event like that but I think like the idea of getting based on some of your recommendations even have are making some changes this year so I wanted to you know hear from you like why you love this event why you love this company and then um you know what's happening this year. And then maybe we'll get into some of your tips uh, because I know you've got a lot of insight from years of, of training and even like working with women. Um, you've coached, gr- you coach girls some, right?
1: Yeah. I coach, I do some like mountain bike skills coaching. Yeah. Which transfers. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 So trans Rockies gravel Royale, I did it, uh, 2022 in their inaugural year. Um, and like, I don't know, it's like summer camp for adults, honestly, um, because, well, that year um, we started in Panorama, BC, which is where I live, which is like really special that like this world-class event started like, you know, 500 yards from my front door. So it's like, wow, this is cool. Um, You know, like lining up with Rach McBride down the street from my house, like Mm -hmm. amazing. (laughs) Um, And like, you know, Aaron who is the owner of the company he just like deeply cares about every every athlete like having a good time and he's there every day his kids are there his wife's there you know it's just like a family event kind of from the top down and then the nature of the event um that year it was, it was four days and um you know, over the course of four days, you kind of find your people and you find like, oh, we're the same pace. So I'm going to line up with you tomorrow. Cause we finished, we rode the last 40k together today and then we worked a good pace. So like, let's line up together tomorrow and see what we can do. So, um, you know, y- you find that like connection with people and then you have three or four days to to ride with them. And then you get, you finish the ride and you show up, you're at Nipica, which is this like beautiful mountain resort with cabins, and then your tent set up, and then you can hang out and get a massage and like chat about like what just happened out there, you know. Um, and there's that kind of like that bond of people that you've just done something really hard with, and then you know you're going to have to do it again tomorrow. Um, and then you sit and have dinner, and they they do a slideshow of all the like pictures from the day and do awards Bye. from the day. So it's just like they've created a really fun atmosphere. That's not just about the racing and the results. It's about the whole experience, um, which is really special. Yeah.
0: And once you get there, like it's kind of the logistics of getting there, but then they take care of everything for you. Right. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean th- that year was different. You showed up at the start line and it was a little bit more point to point, but they transport everything for you um this year they're setting it up more as like a base camp you come in and we start and finish at the same location every day um so logistically a little bit easier because you're starting and finishing in the same place so you can rent a car and you know if you're coming from out of town or drive or whatever and and um you're finishing in the same place as you start so to get
0: back and find your car I yeah. guess.
1: <laughs> they did have a bus they did have a bus and they transported people um but but you know like that's just another layer of of like, okay, I have to make sure that I get on the shuttle. and um, so it's all gonna be in one place this year. um and at it's called Nipica Mountain Resort. so it's um, I'm not sure how long they've been in operation
0: awesome you get to spell in the show notes.
1: <laughs> yes, I will sh- I will spell it in the show notes. um, but yeah, it's just like the most stunning place, um, you know, like crystal clear, you're right on the Putney River, and um, you know, there's a meadow and they have like disc golf set up. So you finish your ride and you can go play disc golf or whatever, um, swim in the little lake. And yeah, it's a pretty special spot.
0: Yeah. I really like that. Especially like if you just one day you're like, oh, I feel pretty fried. You could just tool around do maybe like a shorter
1: Yeah, totally. Ride, totally.
0: And then just do the thing yeah. around the campsite. Well,
1: and this year, um, for the first time they they actually have two distance options. So it's three days. They have like, they call it the full pint option and then the half pint option. So, so if like you look at the distances of a full pint and it seems like, I don't know, um, then you can do the half pint and, and like ride shorter. You um, you know, it's kind of a, like, choose your own adventure. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. I think I did a trail running trip up in BC last year, not near oh, yeah. where you are, but over, um, <clears throat> A little more north of uh, Vancouver but it's so nice just to like kind of be disconnected I'm yeah. forced to be disconnected for days and we would go run every day we would be out like you know but between like taking jeeps up to the trailheads which they were all forest roads and then running and then you know all the getting back but um so it's pretty there were long days but it was just nice to sit every night and like have a glass of wine with people and hang out and eat and jump in the lake and all that stuff it was like yeah totally you know enough active and then enough chill and relaxing
1: yeah yeah which is which is important which we can talk about the chilling and relaxing <laughs> right. well yeah
0: because you've got to get up and do it the next day yeah yeah for sure so. so
1: recovery is important I bet you can get the
0: ice bath in the river there huh
1: yes oh yeah that's my favorite thing to do go sit in the river for a good like 10 minutes and then they have they also have massage therapists so my routine i finish you get some food go sit in the river for 10 or 15 minutes and then go get a massage like is that's like the best thing and that's all you have to do for the day and then eat and get up and do it all again maybe maybe i want (laughs) to go august 23rd to 27th i mean i could maybe make that happen yeah and then we'll just go to rpi and Follow the day.
0: I know road trip from there to RP. I don't need to work for no. like the month of August. <laughs> um, we, you,
1: we all already work remote, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> remember, there's no working at this event. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, and then yeah, tell us a little bit about the community, like because I think that's an intimidating piece too. Like, what if I don't know anybody? Or
1: yeah, I mean it's like so many people show up there not knowing anybody and you find everyone is so friendly because we're all there like working towards that common goal, right? Everyone is going to finish and you're going to do this hard thing. And, and I think, um, like I said, you find your people, you end up riding with like the people that are kind of around your pace. And, um, but even if, even if it's like afterwards, um, everyone comes there because they want to be there and they want to like celebrate what they're doing and achieve this amazing thing. And it's, I don't know if you've ever been to a a mountain biker gravel event, like you kind of, I think, you know, that collective, Um, and this is special because then you you get a day after day. Um, And, and even like from the staff, like the volunteers that trans Rockies have are awesome and, and make sure that everyone's having a good time and the staff is always there and really like Uh, visible and they make sure that like everyone has what they need Um, because when you're kind of in a remote place you need that Um, and it's just it's yeah it's a really a really fun environment like like I said at the end so they serve you dinner every night and after dinner they do a slideshow of like the pictures of the day and usually there's some like funny ones of people crashing or people like being silly and you know and, and there's people there you know, pros there that are there to race and win, but there's also people there that just want to finish. And this is their first event and like just getting to the finish line is an accomplishment for anybody. Um, but you know, like there's kind of, it's, it's definitely the mullet protocol as well.
0: I love that. (laughs) Um, are there bears?
1: Um, I mean, there are bears in this area, <laughs> but bears are scared of people and loud noises. And when you have like a few hundred cyclists rolling through, um, bears don't want to be a part of that. So
0: I was on that trip in uh, Canada last summer. We had a bear guy. That was exactly what you would imagine a bear guy to be. He came <laughs> and did a briefing on bears. He did yeah. know a lot about bears. Like He takes Good. people on bear, like down the river on bear tours that went cool photography shoot them photography not shoot them with guns mm-hmm. um but um he gave us the throw. I did learn I actually learned how you actually are supposed to use bear spray oh good um, yeah with that so um yeah so it was um it was interesting but yeah I was like typically if you're they're gonna run from you so yeah. unless they're with cubs
1: unless they're unless they're with cubs um but even then um they would rather they'd rather run away from you than, yeah. than not. So yeah. Don't let that scare you away. Hey all, it's your editor Lindsay here. I want you to get ready to ante up for the ultimate gravel challenge this summer. Join us at the 2024 Trans Rockies Gravel Royale, where adventure awaits in the breathtaking Canadian Rockies. Experience the thrill of a unique three day stage race surrounded by stunning scenery on secluded gravel roads in the British Columbia backcountry. With two distance options, the full pint or half pint distances, there's a challenge for every level of rider. And forget about logistics, Trans Rockies has you covered, fully supported with tents, meals, aid stations, technical support, and even massage services. So all you have to do is focus on the ride. You'll stay at the picturesque Nipica Mountain Resort, nestled in the heart of the Rockies, and celebrate your achievements with daily podium awards, group dinner, and custom-designed memorabilia. After the ride, you can unwind at Chillville with cold refreshments, music, games, and camaraderie with your fellow riders. Don't miss out on this epic adventure. Register now at transrockiesgravelroyale.com and use the code GGG24 GR100, to save $100 off your entry. The link and discount codes will be in the show notes of this episode. Embrace the challenge, conquer the gravel, and create memories that will last a lifetime. So go all in with us for Trans Rockies Gravel Royale this August. You're going to be at that event. What
0: else are you looking at this year? I know one you told me about.
1: Yeah, maybe Sea Otter. Um,
0: What attracts you about Sea Otter?
1: Sea Otter is, I think it's just so iconic. You know, like as someone that's followed mountain biking for quite a long time, it's like you always hear about it. Um, Who doesn't want to go to California? Um, And then the caliber of the racing there now as it being part of the Lifetime Grand Prix, it's just like, um, yeah, I think it's kind of the whole atmosphere of sea otter that that attracts you to that would you so, race
0: that in the elite elite field would you do the elite field
1: uh tbd but i think i think so um you know although after i watched call of the lifetime recently when it came out and hearing Haley smith describe the start as like eyeballs bleeding all out effort, <laughs> it's like that sounds horrible but
0: well <laughs> 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 so yeah you are back, back. but Haley also is um an olympian
1: yes <laughs> different level different level um yeah so so that um what else i'm gonna do the the single track six trans single track six which is a six-day mountain bike stage race this year it's in the west kootenai so like nelson bc area um and then probably some other local races uh gravel canadian gravel nationals are in calgary alberta which is not too far from me so Um, potentially having that on my calendar. Um, And then there's a a Canadian Rockies 2-4, which is a 24-hour, there's a 24-hour and a four-hour race. It's in Canmore, Alberta, um, put on by Corey Wallace, um, if you know who that is. So potentially that one, I did the four-hour last year and enjoyed it. And it kind of lines up with with the rest of the things I have on my schedule. Um, So that's like, sentence I don't know not I wouldn't say set in stone but those are kind of the main things I have planned um potentially coming down to RPI because I know you're gonna be there Uh, so yeah we'll see party we'll we'll see we'll see how the year how the year pans out Celine just signed up oh fun
0: yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a good group down there actually I was on the phone with their team the other day and they were like well Celine signed up and you haven't it yeah I was like I know I'm still pick Figure out which distance I'm going to do based on my schedule for yeah the
1: summer. <laughs> totally yeah like you have such a busy summer with travel that you know you have to you don't want to like get there and be like shoot I didn't ride enough and now <laughs> I have to ride this far and climbing yeah,
0: yeah so yeah. It, it just everything's kind of settling and still and I I'm very much like I'm not doing this to compete anymore. Like I just want to be doing it to have fun. So I like the thing that yeah. challenges me, and I still have fun.
1: Totally I want to yeah. throw my
0: bike off the side of a mountain at mile ninety. It's not fun <laughs> yeah.
1: anymore. Yeah, no, no, not having fun doing that. And I think that's like that's like the beautiful thing about gravel racing is that you know you can find that of like I want to go out there and push myself a bit, but like I still want to have fun and see beautiful places and yeah, like you can definitely find that in, in gravel racing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, um, this has been a very informative conversation. I actually love a lot about shoes. Um, Great. if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you?
1: Um, my Instagram is at go go. Um, so that's the best place to find me on social. Um, a lot of, a lot of dog content, <laughs> um, Your but, but you know some bike content too uh and then all the um all the gravel royale and like trans rocky stuff is on their website i'll make sure that's linked in the show notes um i should mention also because we were going to talk about training a little bit oh yeah, yeah um there is if you sign up for the for gravel royale or actually any of the trans rockies events you can get a free 10-week training program um, which is awesome you go to their website and you fill out a form and um, this training program is is by Carson Madsen who is actually my coach oh, um, so nice. vetted uh, it would be a good program and it's totally free so it's um, it's like a five-week block uh, one week of recovery and then another five-week block so that all that info is on the Trans Rockies website as well so if you're feeling like you know unsure about the training um, that's definitely like a really really good add value add to to signing up for the race um and I have a discount code as well that I'll put in the show notes for okay. for the gravel community um but yeah yeah
0: and I think there were a lot of good training tips also on Scotty's you know and then the big thing that came out is consistency getting on the bike totally. and being consistent and then I think for this one a lot of the stuff she talked about too will apply like some of that low cadence work Yep, yeah. for the climbing
1: yeah that. yeah, yeah there's some climbing for sure uh, but yeah l- like you said just being consistent with your training it doesn't always have to be perfect but but be consistent um so
0: I signed up for trainer road I was like okay I gotta like awesome. get serious again i didn't yeah. start road <laughs> and then I was like I'll do the masters because I am and I was like oh now I'm in the two weeks on one week recovery cycle <laughs> um but they fit which is better right uh-huh. right like for women yeah and men age bracket like they there's a lot of research that that's a better but I'm still a right. base so I'm like well this is yeah a little more but then yeah. I was looking ahead I was like this is not going to be really it's easy, not
1: be easy. <laughs> and like don't I mean don't underestimate like easy is okay sometimes you know I think as athletes whatever level you're at you you get like oh man this is too easy but like Scotty talked about our easy rides have to be easy. We want them to be easy so that you can recover and perform for the hard stuff. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid of, of easy. That's yeah, my, exactly. my, my parting words. Maybe I don't know, <laughs> but work hard too, but, but recover, recover hard too.
0: Yeah. 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 I love that. I, well, actually that does bring me around because when we talked to you last time, you had come out of some like low energy availability mm-hmm. and you had really learned how to fuel yourself. And now you're working full time, you're training, just like making sure that you're getting enough fueling in. Like what have you found new tricks?
1: Yeah, totally. Being prepared is is like probably my biggest, it's not even a hack. It's just like, I am a busy person. I, like you said, I work and do other things and I train. And if I don't like make my lunch for the day, the night before, then I show up, I've, I've done my workout in the morning and I get to work and I'm like, shoot like I have some nuts and an apple and like that's not enough I need to like make sure that I have snacks with me and like not just snacks but like actual meals um so that like I can recover from the work that I have done this morning on the trainer and still like have the energy to get through my day so yeah like being prepared and, and um just eating enough and like not overstuffing yourself all the time, obviously, but like eating till you're full sometimes is good. And like, yeah, uh, planning ahead so that you don't show up somewhere and be like, man, I'm so hangry. Like I can't get through the next 20 minutes. Um, Like a little bit of planning goes a long, long way is what I found for for myself.
0: Yeah. It was really interesting because I wrote, it's been a long time since I've written outside Uh, and I have I I was showing you my new bike at the beginning um and I rode with some people last weekend it was like a super easy ride we're a bunch of us from the gym are doing Seattle to Portland um Mm -hmm. which is not a hard ride it's mostly a road ride it's not a ton of elevation but um you know I was like oh we're going in a really easy place it's a flat trail I brought some snacks but I just didn't it was also cold so I wasn't like Mm -hmm. drinking I had some um tailwind in my thing but I wasn't drinking very much Mm -hmm. and um I thought I was gonna bonk like an hour and 15 minutes in I was like I'm so hungry Mm -hmm. I like I can't even function and it was like a super easy ride and it just like showed like stuff accumulates right because I'm also doing a big strength program right now and like started got back into the cycling and you really have to stay top of it every day you can't like be like oh I'm not gonna pay attention for this yeah workout or
1: for sure for sure and like you said it accumulates right so if you had done you were at the gym the day before and did a really hard workout and maybe you were busy and didn't eat a great dinner and then you get up have a quick breakfast and go do this ride like well you're not fueled for that ride because of not just the effort of the ride but everything else you've done leading up to that too and I think it's really easy to underestimate all of those other things um which is something I'm still, still working on and still learning, but you know, like, uh, stress is stress. We've, you know, ever, we've mentioned that on the podcast before. So not underestimating like everything else in your life. Um, and how that affects you when you get on the bike, like me riding my bike is not an, uh, isolated like person and, and event. It's all part of like my whole day and what I have to like be prepared and fueled for. So it's so exactly. all, it's, it's a big, the big picture. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause it's interesting. I found, you know, my normal breakfast is like, I do like the sausage egg muffin from Costco. And I was looking at, it, I was like, oh, this isn't even 300 calories, which is fine when I'm at home. Cause then I'll have like mm-hmm. an extra protein thing or like a mid-morning snack before I train, but not when I was on the bike and I was like, that was too little <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and like great protein, but where were your carbs? Yeah. <laughs> you know don't be afraid of carbs yeah. uh especially when you're when you're on the bike like
0: gummy story. bears gummy bears are gummy my favorite fueling yeah. source
1: yeah yeah gummy bears are
0: delicious this is an inside joke just in case the guy that owns my gym listens to the podcast <laughs>
1: okay okay gummy <laughs> bears for the win <laughs> <laughs> cool
0: well uh Lindsay, i re- we've gone all over the place but it's really all fun to catch up with you um hopefully we'll have christy back next week And, um, or she might have just stayed out of Patagonia, Arizona until gravel camp. I mean, (laughs) I don't hear from her. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you so much for all your insight. And I don't know. Now I'm going to have to look at that Trans Rockies.
1: You should. It's, it's going to be super fun. Not this year, next year. Yeah. Totally. Well, thank you, Catherine. It was great. Great to chat with you.
0: You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast.